This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Okay, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any research. I have, I have none of it, but I, I, just, I started wearing glasses, and they were like, this will help your eyes. And every time I go back, my prescription's changed. It's like, oh, you need a little bit of a stronger... And I'm like, I don't understand this. It makes no sense. Anyways, if I offended you deeply, I'm so sorry. But uh, I just want to get rid of my glasses um, so badly. Um, today, we're starting uh, the series called Movement. And we're actually going to be in this series for a very long time. Okay, Everyone just went, oh, no. I really hope this topic is good. Because if you're in for a long time, it's like we're locking in. But Movement, we're actually going to be going through the book of Acts. Okay, So the book of Acts is an incredible New Testament book. And you're going to be able to hear from a bunch of different people this summer about the book of Acts. And today I get the opportunity to launch it. And I get to launch it um, on Pentecost Sunday. Okay, I don't know if any of you guys know that it's Pentecost. Anyone know it's Pentecost Sunday? Do some people know? Okay, okay, okay. You follow your church calendar. I see you. Um, but I'm going to read from the, the book of John, and it's Jesus' words. Thank you for the lights. And uh, it's going to be good. So let's read this together, John 16, 7 to 15. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, really simple, you can download one on your phone right now. Just search version on the App Store. You can get a Bible if you don't have one. If you have a physical Bible, that's even better. It's great. Let's read together, John 16, 7 to 15. This is Jesus' words, important. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove to the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. And about sin, because people do not believe in me. And about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now check this out. That's what Jesus says. He says, I have much more to say to you more than you can now bear. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you that you're alive, that you care about us. Thank you that you sent your spirit and that we get to learn about that today. God, I pray that we would just be so aware of what you're doing in this place, what you're doing in our lives, and Holy Spirit, that you'd begin to move in this place. You're already here. We worship you. Thank you that you're here. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So today is Pentecost Sunday, and some of you know what that means. Hey, some of you guys, you put your hand up, you're like, yeah, Pentecost Sunday. I love it. I love Pentecost Sunday. And some of you are like, what the heck is Pentecost Sunday? You know, when I was first introduced to the word Pentecost, it was actually the, the name of the church that I saw. And you, maybe you've seen it around town. You'll see like, you know, Grace Pentecostal or, or you see that word. Uh, but Pentecost often is celebrated from the book of Acts. And so sometimes there's a temptation there that that that's where Pentecost began, but really Pentecost has a long history in the Bible, and we're going to look at that a little bit today. But this series movement, really what we're, what we're looking at in the book of Acts is that, you know, God didn't just start a church in the book of Acts. God started a movement. He started a movement that 
began in Israel and eventually would end up here and all across the world, everywhere. There's Christians and believers and churches that all sparked out of this tiny little movement in the Middle East with some brown people. It was awesome. And so God wasn't just solely creating a church, but he's creating a movement. And you'll hear a lot of different voices throughout this summer talk about um, through this book of Acts that we're going to look at. And so turn to your neighbor right now and say, it's about to go down. Oh, guys, that was weak. Turn to your other neighbor a little louder. It's about to go down. Oh, there we go. See, what we're celebrating today is the greatest download in history. It's the celestial coming down to the terrestrial. It's divinity meeting with humanity. See, we usually celebrate this in the book of Acts, but I want to take us a little bit further back because although it's true God's spirit fell in the book of Acts, God's spirit has been moving for a lot longer than that. And see, where I want to start today is, is talking about the temple. And this is the one thing I want to point out to you. See, before the book of Acts, God's spirit resided in the temple, in the Jewish temple. All right, And the Jewish temple was made up of multiple courts. Okay, maybe you know this already, but just a reminder. Okay, I'm going to talk about four courts today. The first court was of the Gentiles. This is where the non-Jews and, and many of us would reside today. If we went to the temple, this is where we would be. We're Gentiles, most of us, unless you're a Jew. Props. You'd get to go deeper. And so we would be in the Gentile court. The next court would be the court of the Israelites, which was split into two courts. Uh, one was the court of women. All right, and this is was as far as the women could go if you were a Jewish woman. And there would be the court of women. And that's where the treasury was. Okay, it's actually really interesting. That's where a lot of Jesus' ministry was done in the New Testament, was in the court of women and in the court of Gentiles. It's quite interesting. The next section in would be reserved for only Jewish men. And then the fourth section would be the court of priests. And this is where the priests would go, a very select few. And once a year... All right, on the Day of Atonement, we're going back to Leviticus here, the priest would enter the Holy of Holies, all right, and he'd enter in and he would try to atone for the sins of the people. He would take blood and sprinkle it, you know, and there's, there's old tradition that, that talks about how they would tie a rope around the priest's uh, leg because they weren't sure if the priest had sin in him or not. And so they would tie a rope just to be saved, just in case that that priest had sin in him and he got smited down, but they'd be able to pull out his body. Isn't that, wow, wow, that's a crazy detail. We're not sure if that's actually true, but that's just what tradition tells us. But what is true is the priest would enter every single year, Day of Atonement, and he'd try to atone for the people. And there's something really interesting about the Holy of Holies. See, there is this veil that's separating the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. And this veil, it's not just like a little skinny, little like tiny veil. No, no, no. This is a 60 foot high, 12 inches thick, 30 feet wide veil. This is thick. It's not just a tiny piece of cloth. This is a thick veil. And it meant that what was inside was powerful. There's a clear separation between us and what was inside. The veil. And this is In Matthew 27, we're going to look at what happens to this veil when Jesus dies on the cross. So check this out. Matthew 27, 51. This is when Jesus is on the cross. This is the moment that a lot of us wear around our necks. 
And when you go to churches, you see Jesus crucified in this moment at the very end. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open, and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. I hope that you aren't just passive right now. That moment is powerful. Resurrection, rocks, earthquakes, and most important, the veil being torn. See, the veil was what represented separation from us and God. And in that moment when Jesus gives his life, he's the high priest going in and leaving a payment of blood. But this time, that payment was permanent. Forever. And to prove that it was permanent, he resurrects in three days, but also the veil tears. The veil tears. And how does it tear? I find it so interesting. It tears from top to bottom. Not bottom to top, as if a human could have done it. No, 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 no. From top to bottom. Only God could do that. Only God could do that. So the tearing of the veil represents humanity and God's relationship being restored. That communion with God was once again possible. See, it's in the shadow of this reality that Jesus shares with his disciples their need for the Holy Spirit. Knowing that the veil is torn and God's Spirit is free. Not that it was chained or anything, but we have now freedom to access it. And see, anytime there's a relationship shift, you kind of have to prepare people for change, right? It doesn't mean that the relationship is ending. It just means that it's shifting. The same with Jesus and his people. It's about to shift. See, Jesus, he will no longer be the voice in their ear, but rather the voice in their spirit. Jesus is saying to his disciples, I'm not going to be the voice externally. No, 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 no. I'm going to be the voice internally. And so as we launch this series in the book of Acts, it's important for us to know that the book of Acts actually represents the New Testament, not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, I can already hear someone typing a message to Pastor Jess. She's sitting on the beach. This boy you got up here, he's saying some crazy things. He said the New Testament doesn't even start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. To tell you the truth, Jesus' life is lived in the Old Testament. The New Testament begins after his death. And that's the book of Acts. So yes, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the start of our New Testament in the Bible. But the New Testament doesn't begin until the book of Acts. See, the same spirit that moves in Genesis is moving in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the beginning of the New Testament, and in the same way, the book of Genesis is the beginning of the Old Testament. And in the book of Genesis, when God is introduced to us, he's introduced to us by the moving of his spirit. And some of you know this. Check this out. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And then... The Spirit moved. See, you cannot get through Genesis 1, 2, or 3 without running into the Spirit moving. God begins to move, and then he begins to speak. The Spirit moved, God spoke, and what did he speak? Let there be light. Boom. 
And then it became. In the book of Genesis, the Spirit establishes order out of disorder, consistency out of chaos, separating this from that. It began to establish order. How many of you today know that the Holy Spirit is given to us to establish order? You see, in the book of John, what we read earlier, Jesus is setting up his disciples for a change, a new order. They're preparing to become something. In the Old Testament, God's Spirit resides in the temple behind the veil. In the New Testament and in the book of Acts, the disciples become something for the first time ever in history. They themselves become the temples of God. The same way he moved in Genesis for creation, the Spirit speaks and acts for recreation. The same Spirit that moved and spoke in Genesis moves and speaks and changes and transforms in the book of Acts. And wherever there's a move of the Spirit, there will be words of the Spirit. See, in the Old Testament, he spoke to the dirt. But in the New Testament, he speaks through the dirt. Did you catch that? He speaks through us. But how many of you know that if you don't know what you have, you can't use what you got? See, you can have a car, but if you don't know how to drive it, you aren't going to get very far, are you? So it's important that we understand what we hold. And when it comes to Pentecost, it's important to know the history. Pentecost was a celebration of the beginning of the early weeks of harvest in Palestine. There were two harvests each year. The early harvest came during the months of May and June, and the final harvest came in the fall. Pentecost was the celebration of the beginning of the early wheat harvest, which meant that Pentecost always fell during the middle of the month of May or or sometimes early June. See, there's Old Testament connections within all of it. And maybe you're familiar with the story of Moses, the Passover meal, when God's angel is going over the homes and the homes are marked with the blood of the lamb. And that's why they celebrate Passover. See, there was already a payment made for those homes. So they were passed over. But after Passover, the Jewish people begin to count. And they begin to count in weeks, seven weeks. And the next celebration comes is the moment under Mount Sinai for the Jewish people. The next festival. It's called the Festival of Weeks. And they're remembering the moment that God brought order. He gives them the great commandments under Mount Sinai. So they left Egypt. They're in slavery. And they leave. The problem was is they kept the slave mentality in their mind. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to break that. I'm going I'm to remove all the chaos and I'm going to bring order. Order. And so they, the Jewish people, they begin to count. Seven times seven, which is 49. They couldn't celebrate on the Sabbath. So on the 50th day, Penta, 50th day, we celebrate Pentecost. And see, the same thing is happening in the New Testament. It wasn't just a freak accident that on the day of Pentecost, they're all gathered together. No, no, there was a festival happening. They're gathered for a reason. They're looking back, remembering what God did on Mount Sinai when he took away the chaos and brought order. And they're all gathered in the upper room. And they're waiting because Jesus said, on that day, something's going to happen. On that day, 
They're going to change. They're going to become something. You will become temples of my spirit. That's what Jesus' promise to them was. Um, over the last couple years, uh, my wife and I have gone through some challenges. And uh, about two years ago, um, my wife was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. And uh, in those moments, you kind of are left without words. And you ask, how is this us? God, why? See, there's moments that you begin to doubt God. God, how is this us? How could this ever be us? We're so young. We just had a baby. You begin to doubt. God, are you even there? Do you even care? And I actually want to take a moment to, to thank some of you because you know, there were so many people in that time when we were in Edmonton where they started like this meal train and they were sending us food and I had McDonald's like six times a week. It was incredible for all those skip gift cards. Um, but there was even individuals in this, in this community here, in this house, that gave towards those meal trains and sent us money. And so one, I wanted to say thank you for thinking of our family in that time. But in that moment... I kind of started doubting, God, what are you doing in this place? And I'm actually reminded of uh, one of my friend's moms, Afope, Afope's mom, Eunice. And uh, man, Eunice is hilarious. Uh, when, when she found out about our family, she ended up e-transferring us some money. And uh, so I got this e-transfer from her. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure you've received an e-transfer. You get an email and there's a question there and then you have to put in the answer to receive the money. And so I'm, I'm looking at the email and I'm going, what is... What is, the, what is the password for this? The question, all it said was the word Jehovah. And I was like, God? Jehovah translates into God. And I was like, God? And I was like, I know God is the answer, but like, wh- why is he the question? I'm just so confused. So I go to Carm, and I'm like, Carm, did, did he, did she send you any message or anything? Like, I haven't received anything. Do you know what the password is? And she's this incredible Nigerian woman of God. And she looks at um, my wife looks at me and says, no, I have no idea what the, what the password could be. And I go, she is testing us. I know she's testing us. And I'm not going to Google this test. I'm going to figure it out. So I sat there for about five, six minutes. And then this thought popped into my mind. And it was the word Rapha. And if you know what Jehovah Rapha means, it means God is my healer. So I type in Rapha. Money comes through. Cash. And I was like, I passed the test. I passed the test. But see, what she was doing was she was reminding me that God is my healer, that God is our healer. You know, later on, I actually found out that Afope, my friend, just forgot to text me the password and that it, was, it wasn't actually a test. But I'm glad I passed because in that moment, I needed reminding that God is a healer. He moves. He's real. And, and, you know, today we can sit here and celebrate. Um, it's actually a year, almost to this date, that Carmen is now cancer-free. Come on. You know, through treatment and surgery, her team was incredible. And we were able to cut that out of her body. And, and we're praying it never comes back. And so today I stand before you. You know, I, I would be remiss to speak about the Holy Spirit and just speak about things of the past. Because although it is true that God's Spirit has fallen and there's a rich history of how God's Spirit moves throughout the world, 
Can I tell you today that God is alive? The Holy Spirit is real? That he moves daily? And that it's our call as Christians and believers to become temples of the Holy Spirit? To be changed and to continue speaking? See, when Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now, he wasn't able to say it physically. So he sent his spirit. And his spirit speaks. You know, the Holy Spirit is actually called Christ's spirit. And and I don't know about you, but throughout my time as a Christian, there's been moments where I've been able to sense, no, 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 like, God is speaking to me. The Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And there's these things called, uh, in church language, we call them divine appointments, okay? And the thought behind them is, is these are not of natural origin, okay? God had to set these up, okay? There's no human thought in this process. God is behind these moments. And so I've got two moments that I'd love to share with you, and, and the first one is uh, of my friend Ian. Last week, you guys learned that I played the baritone, okay? I hated it, but I played it. And beside me, I had a trombone, trombonist, named Ian. And so in grade seven, we, we met each other, we became good friends, and I only did three years of band, and that's kind of really how long I knew Ian. We, we hung out, we played in the bass section together. And uh, this was a couple years later, this was probably, I was in university, so it had been probably about seven, eight years since I had seen or talked or spoken to Ian at all. And uh, we were actually, I was a youth pastor here in the city, and there was like a, a citywide network that was doing like a conference, and so we were going there, we were taking students there, and uh, the pastor at the front, at the end of his message said, I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking here, and, I want, and he kind of challenged us, he challenged the students, and he said, right now what I want you to do is to close your eyes and think about who God is telling you to reach out to. And so the kids were doing this exercise, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this exercise. Why, why not? So I close my eyes, and I go, God, who, who are you trying to reach out to? Who are you trying to reach through my life uh, that, that, that you're trying to communicate to? And Ian pops into my head. And I go, Ian? I'm like, who's Ian? Oh, yeah, Ian, the trombonist. He's way better at me. So good. And so, you know, I pull out my phone, and, and, and I said, I'm going to give Ian a text. So I, write, I find his number. I wasn't even sure what number I had. And so I texted Ian, and I said, hey, man, uh, I was at church today. And it was nothing weird. I just said, hey, I was at church today, and I felt like God put you on my heart, and, and I would love to chat with you sometime soon. And I just sent it. Nothing crazy. And, uh, you know, later on, what I found out was is that the number I was texting was actually Ian's old home phone number. This is like before cell phones, before everyone had a cell phone. Um, and uh, I was texting his old house number, and so he never received my message. But you know what's crazy? Four days after that conference, I get a ping on my Facebook Messenger, and it's Ian. And Ian goes, hey, Harmon, I know it's crazy. I haven't talked to you in like 10 years, but I feel like God is trying to reach out to me, and I, feel, I felt like I was supposed to talk to you. Is there any way we could get together? And I go, Ian! Didn't you get my message, man? I just messaged you like five days ago. So I sent a screenshot of the text message I sent him, and he said, dude, no, no way. I, I, didn't, I didn't get that text message. That's my old home phone number. And I said, dude, you're not going to believe this. God told me, even before he told you, that he wanted to talk to you. And what I love about this story is my message never even made it to Ian, but God was already working on the other side. See, it's a divine appointment. 
this is this moment where it's like, no, human, we couldn't have dreamt this up. No, God was doing something already on the other side. There's another story that comes to my mind, and this is when I first moved to Edmonton. My church there had a, had a chapel in the West Edmonton Mall. Okay, so, you know, when you come to church here today, you know, it's, it's pretty normal. They're, you know, like, someone's at the front, they got a mic, they're preaching. That's pretty normal. It's a very different experience when you go to the mall, and you're given a mic, and they say, all right, go ahead, preach. And so I, I see people walking in the mall. The chapel kind of opens up, and if you've ever been to, has anyone ever been to West Edmonton Mall? Some of you guys, okay, there's like a Bubba Gump, so it's like right across from there. And so I'm, I'm like watching people walk over. They're going to Lululemon to get the newest yoga pants and whatever, and I'm there just preaching. And in the middle of my message, I see this guy, he's like walking, and there's people walking the whole time, and he kind of stops, and he looks in, and he goes, he just looks in and walks in all of a sudden and sits at the back. And I go, oh man, this is weird. That's never happened. I, I'd preached there a couple times, and no one's ever kind of walked in off the street. And so I finish up my message, and at the end of my message, I, I kind of say, hey, if anyone needs prayer, would love to pray with you. Why don't you come up to the front? This guy gets up, and he comes up to the front, and I say, hey, what's your name? He says, my name's Yorick, and he says, you know, it's crazy, I'm, I'm actually only here for one day. Uh, I'm actually here to do my piloting course here in Edmonton. I'm here to take my test, but I actually live in, in Manitoba, and this is my first time ever in Edmonton. I'm, it's my first time in this mall. Uh, I've never been here before. I'm staying at the Fantasyland Hotel, and uh, I'm just here for one night. Tomorrow's my test, and then I go home. And I go, that's awesome, Yorick. Let me, let me pray for you and your test. And, and really what he wanted was he wanted to receive Christ. And so I prayed him through the sinner's prayer, got to lead him to Christ in that moment. And it was just like, it was crazy. I was like, what are the odds that this guy who, he's just randomly in Edmonton, randomly at the mall, he decides to walk into the chapel and he decides to come up for prayer and he gets saved. He gives his life to Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Here's where it gets even crazier. After we're done praying, he goes, Harmon, right? I said, yeah. He said, dude, I've met one other Harmon before. And I go, you know, to me, that's kind of funny because, like, I grew up with, like, six Harmons on my block. Like, Harmon is, like, the most common Indian name you can find. Like, there is hundreds of us. It's kind of like the name Chris. You know, there's just Chris is everywhere. And, and so I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. You, you, you've met another Harmon before. And while he's, while he's talking, yeah, he said, I used to play this video game with this guy named Harmon. And I go, my name's Harmon. I used to play video games. I was like, what video game was it? He's like, oh, it's a game called Warrock. And I was like, dude, I used to play that game. What was the username of the guy that you used to play with? And I'm, I'm going to spare you my username. But it was something cool like <laughs> Dragon Slayer, like 1337. It was, it was awesome. It was a great username. And I go, that's me. <laughs> and I go, dude, you're not going to believe this. That was me. Me and you played video games together years and years ago. You know, I know there's a kid right now poking his mom going, Mom, this is why I need to be playing video games, okay? The Lord is trying to speak to me, and you're trying to hold me back, Mom. We need to start a video game ministry. Amen, Logan? Amen, come on. It's crazy. And I go, dude, you're not going to believe this. That was me. That was me. And see, maybe you're a little bit like me. And, you know, you, you're a little bit skeptical. You know, and I go, you know, those are some nice coincidences. Those are, those are two great coincidences. But see, the thing that I found about following Jesus is that coincidences happen all the time. All the time. 
Our God is a God who moves. He's alive. He is real. And he's trying to encounter people through us. Through us. I don't believe those are coincidences anymore. Because those lives are left transformed. It's not just like a moment of like, hey, that's a cool story. No, no, no. Man, Ian got to move out east, got plugged into a church, got baptized, became a Christian. His life is forever transformed because God's spirit was on the move. See, you're going to walk into a lot of different appointments in your life. Some of those appointments, you're going to find out that your loved ones are sick. There's going to be some scary appointments in your life. But man, there's going to be some joyous appointments. There's going to be God-ordained appointments, divine appointments. And friends, today, my call to you is, let's seek God's divine appointments, yeah? God is moving in this place. His spirit is here. And some of you, even right now, you're like, you feel heavy. You might be in church for the very first time and you're going, man, there's a lot of craziness I just heard, but I sense God's spirit in this place. And I want to encourage you, take a step of faith, be bold, ask God to show himself to you, reveal himself to you. And so today, what I want to do is I want to spend a little bit of time. We have have some time left. And I want to ask for God's spirit to fall in this place. Because I believe that he's going to encounter us. I believe that if we ask for God to come, to give us names of people that we can reach out to, to show us, to give us words of knowledge, maybe you need healing. Maybe you can talk to the people around you and go, hey, I I need some healing right now. Could you pray for me? We want to leave a little bit of space for that to be able to happen. And so we're going to just stand right now in this place, if you can stand. The worship team is going to Lead us in, in some music, and then I'll come up at the end and close. But right now, can we just close our eyes and just stick out our hands real quick, like in a posture of receiving? God, I pray for us right now that you would send your spirit. Because Jesus, you had a lot more to say to us, and you're still speaking. You're still speaking. You're speaking life over us. You're breaking off chains. You're removing addictions. You're bringing healing into our bodies that need it. So God, right now, I pray as we worship, as we begin to sing, that your spirit would fall in this place, that we would worship you, Jesus. We thank you for your spirit. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.